It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. Coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're listening, hope you're doing all right. I want to give a special shout-out uh, to all of our viewers on Holyfield TV. We're glad to be part of Holyfield Television's sports programming, and uh, we're glad to have you part of our show now and part of the family. Hey, special shout-out. If you haven't downloaded our app yet, what are you waiting for? Go to Fight, that's F-I-T-E. Go to fight.tv slash Billy C. Download our app now and uh, watch our show on your handheld. And by the way, if you visit our website, www.billycboxing.com, you can get all the pay-per-views that are not available uh, anywhere else uh, right on our website. So uh, check it out. It's down towards the right. You click it, you get the pay-per-view, and you enjoy the fight, especially the ones from uh, the other side of Zipond. Hey, today's show is being brought to you by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria, an Italian restaurant located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out his website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com, or give my man a call, 912 268 Two eight nine one two two six eight two three two eight. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's to get a decent pizza. You know, and 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 I'm in New York. Trust me, it's good stuff. And so's the rest of the menu. I've tried it all. It's good stuff. That's why I'm a fat bastard. Yeah, you know, check it out. And uh, don't forget, if you're heading north or south on I ninety five, you can literally get to South. With a 10-minute 15 at the most, if you stop for red lights, uh, detour. And trust me, it'll become a regular stop. And by the way, they got clean bathrooms, so uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Visit the website for the address, uh, com. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by Gawk Box. You say, what is Gawk Box? I say, it's something that you can help us out with, and the best part is we help you out. Hey, what's better than a two-way street, right? Visit our website, www.billycboxing.com, and uh, click on the Gawk Box banner, which is on the right-hand side. Click it and uh, sign up today and start saving. Yeah. Who doesn't want to save? Right, nobody. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Men on a Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can pick up a copy of it right now, even while you're watching or listening to the show, uh, by visiting uh, barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. And if you're looking to get a signed copy, hey, don't worry about it. Just visit our website and click on the book, which you can't miss. I mean, uh, Jeremy C., 
put it all over the front page, so you can't uh, can't miss that. So uh, get yourself a copy today. Um, don't forget, coming up tomorrow, our blast from the past with Alex Papali uh, will feature Miguel Canto. And uh, it's another request that we're fulfilling uh, for our blast from the past. And uh, if you have one, uh, feel free to drop me an email. That's billy at talkingboxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. And don't forget, if you take the time to drop us an email with your question, comment, concern, uh, we'll take the time to read it. Like, we got a bunch of them today uh, that we're going to be reading. So uh, don't forget to drop us an email. Um, You know, today's topic, which has been brought up to me um, a lot uh, over the last uh, 48 hours, um, is is a real uh, touchy subject, to be honest with you. Uh, the question is, was the fight between Saul Canelo Alvarez and Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. fixed? Was the fight fixed? Did uh, the powers that be, or at least one side, or at least a handful of the people, already know what the outcome would be? I mean... Uh, you know, in a successful fix, not that I'm saying that it happened, but in a successful fix, only one guy knows about it. One side usually knows about it, you know, and in the past there have been documented fixed fights that, uh, you know, people have talked about later on in their careers, guys that were involved in them directly. And um, they've all said the same thing that, you know, they knew about it. They did it, whatever. Uh, and, you know, it, it turns out the way the end result is. Now, there also have been fights where they try to set up uh, uh, a fight at, at Fighter A's hometown, a fight, uh, the, the rematch at Fighter B's hometown, and then and they each win, and then see the real fight at a neutral location. Um, in cases where both sides know what the end result is going to be, a lot of times you, you have what appears to be a choreographed fight. Um, the reason why I say that is because I certainly don't believe that Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. Uh, thought of any uh, <coughs> pre-de- predetermined uh, result. And uh, I'm not even so sure that Canelo uh, even knew about it. Uh, but there are some factors involved that, uh, that we're going to talk about. And I tell you, as I glance, I, I usually uh, read our emails live uh, and, you know, don't uh, don't have a, a kind of a, a preview of what they are. But today um, I happen to be glancing at a couple and it seems to be the topic. So I made it the topic. But first, let me introduce to you because I know everybody's on, on pins and needles. I know they're on the edge of the seats waiting for this guy. You know, him. he's a New Jersey Boxing Hall of Famer. He's a Guinness Book of World Record holder. He happens to be uh, a pretty damn good pizza guy and a restaurant guy. And as you can see right now, he's a designer of handcrafted mugs. All right. Uh, Please welcome uh, the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sal Rocky Senecola. Good morning, Sal. How much coffee can one human being drink? Well, sometimes you know when I when I have to get up and uh, and and we can't, I keep the coffee. I pour it in there. It's my pot. <laughs> it's a good thing that one was empty because otherwise you would have had a mess on your hands. You know, I already, I already emptied it. 
Hey, listen, oh, be- before we get um, going today, uh, and, and today's topic is uh, going to be uh, kind of a touchy wow. subject. Um, yeah. and, and we're going we're gonna to let the emails drive us here. But I want to bring up uh, a, a, a kind of a, a sad note. Um, there was a fighter in the uh, 1950s in the uh, uh, welterweight division. Now, he's from Medina, New York, which is, it's not at the end of the world, but you can see the end of the world from Medina. You know, it's, uh, it's all the way up at the end. It's by the Canadian border. I actually know right where it is. Um, and, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's actually, you know what? I'm confusing that with Messina, New York, Medina, New York. Uh, now I'm, now I'm a little confused where it is. I think it's closer towards, uh, Buffalo. Uh, but anyway, there was a welterweight that, uh, fought during the 1950s. His name was, uh, Danny Bang Bang Womber. And it was announced, uh, by our friend Henry Haskup that he passed away, uh, back in March, uh, March, uh, 26th. Um, at uh, 90 years old, this is why I'm bringing it up. Now, first and foremost, our uh, thoughts and prayers and condolences go out to the uh, family and friends of uh, uh, Bang Bang Womber. Um, this was a guy, I, you know, Sal, you know, we're always talking about throwbacks and stuff like that. But check this out. This is a guy that fought in the 50s. All right. He also served uh, in the uh, U.S. Army from 1946 through 1948. Uh, fought on the Army boxing team, which was real big uh, in those days. And uh, uh, not only did he come out of the service and, and continue boxing and, and became a pro, but he also was a private eye, you know, back in that heyday of Philip Marlowe and uh, all yeah. those kinds of guys in, in New York City, in the Bronx. And, you know, he, he just seemed to have a, a, a cool life. But let, let, me, let me just point out one thing. This guy never was a world champion or anything like that. He had a modest record, 43 wins, 23 losses, and 11, draw, uh, 11 uh, draws and one no contest. Um, during his uh, career, uh, he had uh, 10 knockouts, and he was uh, ranked as high as number eight in the world in the welterweight division. Now, that's wow. considering there were only eight divisions back then, so making it to number eight uh, was pretty pretty good. He beat guys like Kid Gavilan, a Hall of Famer, uh, wow. Wallace Bud Smith, uh, Kid Dusart, Gus Mel, Wilbur Wilson, etc., etc. And he fought a lot of big names uh, like Ralph Tiger Jones and Joe Brown and uh, Johnny Saxton. I mean, these are all names. Uh, uh, Bobby Rosado, that that I'm sure a lot of the uh, uh, boxing historians uh, can remember. But the reason why I bring him up is consider this, Sal: the guy's career um, only went from uh, 1948 uh, uh, to 1953 so we're talking five years five okay years. and he, in five. in that in that five years time um he had a uh let's see uh 60 uh 76 77 78 fights you know so he had slightly under 80 fights in five About years you know 14 now fights a year. yeah now we're looking at fighters that fight three <laughs> times a year and uh and, and we, we we want to give him fighter of the year and not only that, but he fought the best guys available to him. Man, has the uh, has the, wow. the business and, and sport of boxing changed, you know? And, and this was a guy that lived to the ripe old age of 90, uh, fought during wow. the era of 15-round fights, fought guys that, you know, were, were top-notch fighters. I mean, what's your thoughts on—we're I, I, always talking, trying to compare eras, which we shouldn't do, 
But, I mean, this just jumped right out at me. You know, fighting, uh, you know, all those fights within five years. And, uh, you know, I know some of these young uh, fans are going to say, well, he had 23 losses. I mean, how good can he be? But when you're fighting these top guys, and, and, and oh, by the way, he was never knocked out. <laughs> you know? Wow. So, uh, pretty, pretty tough guy, right? Oh, amazingly. I'll tell you what. That's one of the unsung heroes that you will uh, often miss in the fight game. And when I say unsung heroes, here's a guy that faced anybody, any day, any time, and uh, put up a fight, and uh, a warrior, if you will. And uh, he, he wasn't a world beater, but he went in there, he earned a paycheck, and he didn't duck anybody, and he wanted to test and challenge himself anytime he can. can. And that's I, I, I think he did, that's about 15 fights a year. I mean, that's that's amazing. That's, that's more than one every month, and I can't believe that this guy sustained that kind of uh, durability um, through through that kind of challenge of having those fights every year for five years. Five years, almost 80 fights, 78 fights. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, that's amazing. That yeah. really is. That's more than 15 fights a year. I mean, But, the, I mean, that's the throwback. That's the mentality. That's the mindset. This was his craft. This was his chosen endeavor, his field of business, his paycheck. This is what he did to earn a living. And he did fairly well. I mean, come on. The guy guy was a world-ranked contender. He didn't duck anybody. He tested himself. He was always in shape. He didn't get knocked out. This guy came to fight. And uh, my my condolences and my hats off. And I'm glad Henry uh, Haskup uh, let us know something about this fighter and a uh, great man that he was. Well, the truth of the matter is, is I, I uh, stated an error. He, he, he was stopped once in his career. In 78 right. pro fights, he was fight stopped once, which is still pretty good. And, and <laughs> you know, hey, two wins on his record, Kid Gavilan and, and Bud Smith, are, uh, are, are, are two huge wins uh, during yeah. that era. There's no question. Kid Gavilan, I mean, uh, right here on the set, we got uh, assigned uh, chunks of Kid Gavilan, uh, a, a great, great fighter, Hall of Famer. But, uh, and, and losing to guys like uh, Joe Brown and, and Ralph Tiger Jones and Joey Gambra and Johnny Saxon, I mean, uh, that's uh, going the distance. You know, that's uh, uh, no uh, strange feat, but uh, or arms or heads. But uh, anyway, um, I uh, I want to start talking about. I got some emails to read, but yes, uh, I want to throw at you real quick. And then, unfortunately, uh, the long-winded uh, discussion uh, already got us uh, needing to go to a break. But um, my question today is: Was the Canelo uh, Chavez fight fixed? And Here's a couple of things I just want to mention. Then we're going to take a break, and then you can respond. I want to give you a good couple of minutes to uh, digest, uh, to digest and, and think you're, about you're what you what, what you will about, yeah what you're about to say. You know, so number one, you know the Triple G Canelo date was already set. Uh, we found out over the last uh, 24 hours or so that uh, they had already requested. Uh, a uh, a date a fight date in several different commissions for availability uh, one of course being Las Vegas another one being uh, the state of Texas um, and the date had already been set and the contracts according to both sides and a lot of times you'll hear these guys say oh yeah well we signed the contract and then the other side didn't sign it yet but according to both sides both uh, K- team Canelo and team Triple G say that these contracts are in place uh, that they're signed sealed and delivered uh, and they will start their promotional tour uh, shortly. Uh, so uh, that's number one. Number two, um, you know, assuming that it was fixed, I mean, if we're going to follow this train of thought, uh, Canelo, you know, did his thing, you know, and and Chavez Jr. didn't. 
You could see his father cringing and getting crazy, uh, watching his son not hitting, uh, throwing punches, not doing anything. Uh, Junior could say all he wants about Nacho's game plan, but at the end of the day, they were all saying to him in the corner, you got to throw more punches, you're losing, you need a knockout. You know, I, I mean, they were telling him that, and he still didn't respond. He was satisfied with uh, with going through the motions. And even in his post-fight comments when he was saying, well, you know, the reason why I didn't go in there and throw more punches is I was afraid he was going to counter me and hit me more. And, I, and that, only, that only almost sounds like a guy who's doing what he needs to do, but he wants to do it without taking, uh, you know, any damage. Um, the other thing is it could have very well have been a cash-out fight for, for uh, uh, Chavez Jr. Uh, he did make substantial money, and he made weight. Now, we all know that, you know, the weight issue was a concern, but uh, the truth of the matter is, is the fight wasn't going to be canceled. It would have cost uh, Junior a lot of money, millions, uh, should he have come in uh, several pounds overweight. So, you know, again, that kind of opens up the, the door. And, and then a comment that you and I were talking about just before uh, we went on air, you know, it was reported yesterday by ESPN that Dana White, uh, made a comment uh, concerning the, the farce matchup between Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor, uh, which I'm still uh, nauseous even thinking that it, it could possibly take place. And I don't care if it takes place as an exhibition, but certainly not as a boxing match. But Dana White was uh, saying to uh, ESPN that he feels that the fight is in jeopardy because the date that they had in mind was September 16th. And it almost seems like it was, there you go, uh, take this. Uh, we already got the date. And, you know, by the way, if uh, Floyd and Connor think that they could uh, do better numbers than a fight between Triple G and Canelo, I say, hey, we might as well have it all on the same day. But uh, anyway, hey, Sal, wow. don't go anywhere. Uh, we are going to be uh, right back here uh, in a minute, all right? So uh, we'll be it. back in two. You got it. Billy C. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us today. Uh, we're glad you're with us every day. Check out our website, www.billycboxing.com. Uh, your only stop uh, for the latest boxing news. Uh, all the guys uh, that are part of the site put up some great articles and keep us uh, posted on everything that's fit to print. Speaking of fit, he's always physically fit. And he drinks a lot of coffee. Uh, Sal Rocky Senecola is with me. And, uh, Sal, before we went to break, uh, I threw some things at you. Now, what's your quick thoughts on the possibility that the Canelo Alvarez, uh, uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. fight uh, was indeed fixed? That's a, that's a big, big to-do. And is it possible? Yes, certainly it is. Uh, and... Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. would be probably one of the only uh, principals that would know about it. Um, maybe one other guy, but uh, I, I, 
I could see a case for it when when you, I guess, just put out the evidence as you did there. That you know this fight between uh, Julio Cesar Chavez uh, Jr. and uh, Canelo Alvarez did not live up to the expectations. And as I said, I saw he had Canelo on the ropes, but the ropes with Canelo's back to the ropes, I think, was voluntarily. Uh, in that situation because I think Canelo wanted to fight off the ropes a little bit and lure him in. But uh, he he had his opportunity to tee off. He had his opportunities to, to land some body shots. He had his opportunities to punch with more than a one, two, three combination, to come back with a four, five, six. He did not. And uh, it's, a, it's a real sad state to, to believe that, uh, you know, you have a whole uh, worldwide audience uh, looking for two fighters, world-class champions, world-class fighters to put out their best, and, and one's not, uh, not going to do that. So uh, I don't know. Uh, it, is a, it is a tall tale, if you will, but it is definitely possible. And especially with the situation now solidified between Canelo Alvarez and Triple G. I mean, I mean that fight was everybody wanted that fight for a long time. So yeah. I mean, I I don't know if that really is an indicator that it was a fix. But no, you know the truth of the matter is 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 you know uh, Chavez Jr. did nothing throughout did that nothing. fight to slow Canelo down. I mean, you know if you're a fighter. And you're pretty much, uh, you know, being, uh, you know, uh, being a guy that's being slapped around and, and a boxing lesson is being uh, taught on you. I mean, at some point during that fight, I mean, you have to throw a punch to get some respect from your opponent just to keep him off you. And Junior seemed reluctant to do it. He, he seemed to... To, to stay in the center of the ring right where uh, Canelo uh, was performing at his best. I mean, uh, uh, here's an email. This is from my man Mitch. This is the one got me thinking about it. He goes, uh, hey, Billy C., uh, between uh, – <laughs> Well, I'm wondering. If, I'm wondering if he didn't want me to. Uh, if he didn't want me. To, now that I read this line, I'm wondering if. He, yeah, yeah. I'm wondering if he didn't want me to read this on air. But uh, if you did, Mitch, sorry about that, bro. Uh, he says, uh, between you and me, uh, a friend of mine works for an L.A. law firm. He says, excuse me. He says, uh, uh, he said his friend. Uh, that his boss told him, so obviously we're in hearsay, but still, he says he told his boss told him that Triple G versus Canelo was already signed weeks ago, and the whole Canelo Chavez Jr. fight was nothing more than a fix. He said that uh, the boss knew uh, his the lawyer's boss, who's the main the main lawyer of this firm, uh, said he knew because he works with Oscar and. Triple G's main sponsors, who are both uh, clients for uh, non-boxing issues. He says, Mr. Ripley asks you this, does Billy C. believe this or not? And he says, remember, this is boxing. Um, you know, I, I don't know what to think, Sal. I mean, uh, you know, I, 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 I got to be honest. I, I, I don't want to think that, I, I, listen, I know firsthand about some you know, uh, not so uh, on the level results with fighters and stuff like that. Um, but but I really don't want to believe that, especially a pay-per-view, uh, especially a fight that, uh, you know, Oscar De La Hoya was, was saying, you know, oh, I, in, the, in the previews of the fight, he's going, 
one of these guys are not going to be able to go back to Mexico, uh, you know, and he's like making it so, so, you know, important to these guys and to suggest even money. I mean, listen, money does a lot of things to people, Sal, but when it comes to pride, I think most people that have pride and let's face it, whether you're a world-class fighter or whether you're just a punching bag, all fighters have pride. Otherwise they're not going to, they're not going to fight. I mean, whether you're an amateur or a pro, you, you have a certain level of pride and I think it comes a point where uh, pride is more valuable than money. Uh, what do you think? I, hey, it was for me. <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you what. I, uh, aside from what you said with the contracts already signed, sealed, and delivered, I'm sure there was a clause. I'm sure that it had something in there saying that this was all predicated on Canelo Alvarez becoming the victor in the, uh, the fight. So that could have been signed, sealed, delivered with that clause in there, just saying, hey, this is all predicated on you winning the fight. So that should not lean into the, the, the thought that maybe it was fixed. But, there are, you know what, I kept saying to myself, Billy, and to you, I mean, Chavez, I was just waiting for him to put his foot on the gas and to, to, or, or pull the trigger, and there was nothing. And, and, and as I said earlier, you can't want to fight. You can't want a fighter to win more than he does. And he didn't look like he had that fire, that passion, that burning desire to have exchanges with Canelo to possibly uh, hurt him, and let alone you know exchange and get hurt himself. Nah, I, who knows? But uh, well, hey, listen, it could have been something up there, Bill. It very well could have been something. Well, I mean, listen, there's a lot of money to be made with Triple G and Canelo. Yeah. And, uh, and they will make it. Who knows what they're going to do. They charge us seventy bucks, sixty nine ninety five for the for the Canelo uh, Chavez Jr. I mean, are we going to see a $100 pay-per-view for Triple G and, uh, uh, and uh, Canelo? I don't know. Hey, let me get you caught up on some uh, sports scores. Then we're going to take another break. Uh, but thank God we uh, only... Uh, uh, then we our next one isn't for a while, but uh, and, and I got some more emails to read. So so let's get some sports scores out of the way real quick. In the NBA, uh, the Warriors uh, beat the Jazz one twenty one to ninety five to win that series uh, four to nothing. So uh, we'll see what happens uh, as uh, these teams move forward. Uh, in the NHL, uh, the Capitals tied. The series at three games apiece, forcing Game Seven with the Penguins after they beat the Penguins five to two uh, yesterday. So a couple of playoff uh, games now over in baseball. Guess what? The Mets won four to three. Wow. Uh, the two teams that can't buy hits uh, scored seven runs combined. Uh, so uh, congrats for the Mets. One game out of five hundred now. Uh, still uh, very sad about them and uh, Matt Harvey. The Orioles keep winning. Uh, they uh, and the uh, other team in New York have the best record in baseball. Orioles beat the Nationals 6-4. to four. The Blue Jays topped the Indians 4-2. to two. The Yankees, despite going 18 innings, Sal, the night before, and then hopping on a plane to go to Cincinnati uh, at the wee hours in the morning to be ready to play a 7 p.m. game against the Cincinnati Reds, put up double digits. They scored 10 runs to beat the Reds 10-4. to four. Uh, Congratulations uh, to the Yankees. Yes, sir. Uh, The Cardinals topped the Marlins 9-4. The Royals over the uh, Tampa Bay Rays 7-3. The A's and the Angels in 11 innings. The A's come out on top 3-2. The Dodgers beat up on the Pirates 12-1. The Padres beat the Rangers 5-1. And the other team that was uh, uh, in that 18-inning game against the Yankees, 
the Chicago Cubs, they had to hop on a plane and fly all the way to Colorado to face the Rockies. But that game was postponed. So uh, the Cubbies uh, got to go back and uh, sleep a little. But uh, anyway, hold that thought. We are going to take a short break. And uh, when we get back, I got some more emails to read. Today's topic was Canelo Chavez Jr. fixed. Hmm. We'll be back in two. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. back you're listening and watching the billy c show glad to be with you today and uh, we're glad you with us yeah don't forget about my book you know i'm gonna keep bugging you until uh we make a movie out of it in order to make a movie out of it we gotta sell uh, a few more copies so uh, buy yourself a copy of my book tom molino from barnes and better's man on the planet and it's available everywhere like uh, amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com or right on our website just uh Visit the website. And Sal, did you ever, you never got a copy, did you? You, you? you keep telling me you got one, but you never read it, did you? Let me tell you something. I keep asking for an autographed copy. I'm going to go to Amazon.com, and I'm going to buy my copy. And next time you come down, which I hear is going to be very soon, you're going to sign my copy, and I will have it read black and white yeah <laughs> yeah well there's not that many pictures in there sal you know so uh you know no no pictures yeah well there's some sketches you know like like i thanked the kid that emailed me one time when i was talking about uh my book and tom mono you know he's a freed slave he he fought in uh his big fight was 18 uh, uh 10 and uh you know i get this kid that's going oh man i you know i was watching the show and uh uh, I really want to learn more about uh, your guy, Tom Molino. Uh, is there any YouTube footage of him? <laughs> YouTube footage? It wasn't even cameras invented, you know? I mean, uh, wow. what do you mean YouTube footage? You, you know? get the old paper where you feed it with the, the, the pictures, the still, the still pictures. They, they had sketches, and even the I sketches weren't uh, accurate because they depicted him as a, as a gorilla, you know? I mean, uh, uh, it's a quick read, so uh, uh, I recommend it. Uh, to uh, everyone. Uh, okay, so so since Sal let the uh, cat out of the bag, I got a bunch of uh, emails. Okay. I, I promise, listen, you guys, my listeners and viewers, are important to us, and, and I want to let you in on something we've been working on, all right? Oh, that cat. I'm yeah, that cat. But uh, <laughs> but but I, I, here's the deal. Um, we have signed a contract to uh, put on a new show, and basically the premise of this show uh, is uh, actually I probably shouldn't even uh, mention it before no, somebody I, else I will steal it. it, you know. But anyway, we we put out uh, uh, we, we are we're doing uh, a new show, um, and it's going to debut on television only uh, sometime in July. And all I'm going to say because now that I now that I'm thinking of it, Sal, I don't want to give out too much until we air. No, but uh, it's all you, pal. Uh, but hey. but yeah, I know, I know. But 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 I think you guys are going to like it. Uh, let me just give you a hint. I love it. I'm what it is? It. Oh no no. 
everybody I've talked to about it loves the idea. I came up with a pretty good concept. We have uh, some rights to, to some stuff. Um, so, so here's the deal. In a nutshell, what the show is going to be about, uh, Sal and I are going to uh, basically look at um, some fights that already took place and look at them um, from today's perspective and call them from today's perspective. So uh, that's all I'm going to say. And I probably said too much. So let's read another email. Uh, but it's happening. It's happening, sweetheart. It's happening, and sweetheart. It's uh, happening. Uh, we're actually going to be uh, filming some stuff uh, in the coming weeks. So um, this next email is from my man Jesse. He says, uh, Hey, Billy C. and Sal. He says, I saw the fight, and he's referring to uh, Chavez uh, Canelo. He says, uh, and man, was was it a boring fight. Personally, I think Chavez Jr. was paid to lose and be a punching wow. bag for Canelo. I hope Chavez retires. How much was Chavez Jr. paid for this beatdown? Um, I don't see how this fight helps Canelo develop and prepare uh, for the uh, Triple G fight. I predict Canelo will call for an injury and postpone the fight until May of 2018. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, I think Canelo, you know, I think Canelo is a guy that does have pride. Um, and, you know, I'm not so sure if, if this fight was a fix, him and Chavez Jr. Um, I don't think Canelo was privy to it. I mean, I, you know, he looked like he was kind of ticked off that, it wasn't going the way he had hoped, and he was prepared to have it go, you know, toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Anyway, he says, uh, Joseph Diaz looked pretty good, but still is not ready for top guys. Billy C., how do you bring a guy like this who's wanting the top names but is yet to develop skills and experience? Fernando Vargas was in the same situation, wanting the big names, and they put him in there with those big names. How does that work? Who has the say in putting these young, talented fighters versus the top names? If the fighters want to challenge those fighters, is it on him or his management and promoter? I think he should fight Warrington, Murillo, Agbeko. Man, Agbeko. I haven't uh, heard. Uh, if you're talking about King Kong, Agbeko, I'd love to see. I, I used to love him. Uh, Barrios, uh, Agmagia, uh, Hanoso. Uh, what's your thoughts on these names for uh, Jojo Diaz? Next. Um, you know, he, you know what, Sal? Uh, Jesse poses a really good question. Um, you know, me, I'll, I'll speak from my own experience. Me, as a guy who works with fighters and what have you, I want my fighters to be saying, I want the best. I want to fight this guy. I want to fight that guy. But then it's up to me to progressively increase his level of opposition. So he's prepared uh, to fight the big names rather than the other choice that a lot of management and promotional teams do where they just coddle him and coddle him and coddle him. If it were me, uh, some of these names, Mario, Mario is a good opponent. Uh, Agmagzia is a good opponent. Honoso um, is good. What I would do if I was Jojo Diaz's uh, management, I would put him in with a similar opponent that he just fought, except a, try and find a guy with a little more pop behind his punches. He went 12 with this guy, so he didn't destroy him. Uh, so that means he's not quite ready to go to the next step. So you give him someone similar, but you don't want to regress his development. You want to move it forward. So I would try and find somebody with slightly a little more pop. See how Jojo Diaz responds to a little more power and then see what happens. All the while telling him, 
be patient, keep winning, keep doing what you're doing, and uh, uh, you know his his shot will come. What's your thoughts, Sal? Yeah, I think that's ideal. I mean, you know, I I love how you outlined, uh, you know, what you said about the management team, uh, as well as uh, the enthusiasm of a fighter. I mean, yes, we want to challenge, we want to we want to rise to the occasion, we want to fight the best out there, to to see where we stand and to prove we're the best. And the management team, if they do a competent, good job, they will progress along a fighter with tougher and tougher opponents. And uh, uh, they'll test them uh, with a puncher. They'll test them with a boxer. They'll test them with a, with a guy that can go the distance, that punches bell to bell. They'll test them. They'll know how to uh, select a fighter. And then they'll say, hey, you know what? He's seen it all. He's ready for a title fight or he's ready to be uh, in with a top contender. And they'll, uh, they'll formulate that fight to happen. So no, I agree with you. I think that's good. And I think this this guy should be brought along along that path and uh, test him a little bit, and then uh, see what he can do. Yeah, you know, progress. Listen, I say it all the time. You know, when you're developing a fighter, you progressively increase his level of opposition one step Absolutely. at a time. And when they, you know, have struggle, when they blow out an opponent, you go to the next level. You know, uh, as soon as they have a little trouble or the outcome isn't quite what you thought, you stay at that level until you get the outcome in which you thought. Uh, a lot of these promoters and managers are so scared to get a loss because of the uh, you know misconception that a fighter uh, with a loss is not good that they just put their fighters in with, with cupcakes. And what happens is you never get the fighter, you're not giving your fighter a chance to get better. You know They, they stay at that same level. And when the chance does come their way, they get blown out. And uh, that's not what you want if you're investing time, money, and effort uh, in fighters. And the fighters, too. They're investing their time, blood, sweat, and, uh, you know, uh, tears, you know. Uh, Not to uh, talk about bands, but uh, anyway. Uh, Jesse says, hey, uh, Billy, I think Gamboa should retire. I heard in a video that Gamboa almost fainted after the weigh-in. He says, uh, David Lemieux versus Jacobs. Billy Joe Saunders, Nadam, or Aleem. Uh, David Lemieux, uh, I would love to see David Lemieux against Daniel Jacobs. I think uh, the winner of that fight gets the winner of Canelo, Triple G. Great, uh, uh, Great. Uh, you know, preview of that. Um, as far as Gamboa, I agree with Jesse, Sal. Uh, Gamboa really disappointed me. What makes it worse is you. You know, I, I'm sitting there and you go, hey, when's that fight? I go, oh, yeah, you got to watch. Oh, I love Gamboa. Oh, oh, don't miss this, don't miss that. And then during the fight, I'm going, oh, God. Sal's probably yeah. saying, Billy C., what, what are you talking about? You love Gambo. This guy this guy <laughs> quit on his stool. I mean, uh, I think he should retire. What he about quit. you? I think he should retire right now, too. That's uh, that's it. When you quit on a stool like that, I, I know he was uh, getting hit. I know he got dropped a couple times. Lost count. Um, but uh, I think that uh, it's time. He looks in the mirror and says, you know what? I quit on a stool. Uh, how the heck could somebody have confidence that he's going to go the distance or want to go the distance with another top contender? Uh, you don't. This was supposed to be that fight was supposed to be a showcase fight for him uh, yeah. that was going to get him a world title shot, and they did put him in. I mean, Castellanos is is a tough fighter. But kudos to Dax Khan for uh, picking Castellanos to win uh, yes. last week. But, he uh, did. You and I went the Gamboa route, and he took a U-turn. I know. Um, I got another email. This one's from my man, Coach, who's in the chat room right now. Now, by the way, if you're watching or listening uh, on, uh, you know, uh, wherever you are, 
I know that there's a lot of other chat rooms available to you, uh, but the one that uh, we respond to and I occasionally glance over at is the one uh, uh, over on BillyCBoxing.com. So if you're in another chat room and you want to uh, get some points heard or whatever, uh, come on over to BillyCBoxing.com and go into the chat room. My man Coach is in there right now, and he sent us uh, uh, an email and says, Hey, Billy C., it's Coach. He says, uh, going into the last two weekends, I foresaw a uh, two great weekends of big-time boxing with uh, Joshua against Klitschko and then the Canelo Chavez Jr., uh, so-called Mexican showdown. Well, for the sport of boxing, I think Joshua uh, versus Klitschko met history's great standard, while Canelo and Chavez Jr., uh, missing the vaudeville curtain, brought us right back to the good old WWE. He says, do I think boxing needs a savior? No more than any other sport. The problem with boxing, unfounded in other sports, is that they supply a defined pathway of competition where the winner will become its savior. So in a sense, the competition in, is the standard, and the result, which is the winner of that said competition, is that year's or event's savior. He's talking about, uh, you know, champions and so on and so forth, uh, you know, like championship games, Super Bowls, right. World Series, etc. Uh, he says, in boxing, there's no standard. And the fact... Uh, that there's way too many variables, including what defines a professional uh, boxer as opposed to a pro in other sports, uh, ending with the powers to be selecting the advancing winners. Uh, and then he puts in parentheses the creation of minor weight classes to too many belts. The fact that Canelo against Triple G was a done deal prior to the results of Canelo Chavez Jr. is all you need to know. The Mayweather A-side formula of margination copied by Canelo, has now shifted to part B of six months of verbal hype unfounded in any other true sport. He says the definition of sport uh, includes all forms of competitive physical activity or games which, through casual or organized participation, aim to use, maintain, or improve physical ability and skills while providing enjoyment to its participants and, in some cases, entertainment for the spectators. I think that's in most cases. Um, he says uh, the, the definition continues, the entertainment is the byproduct of competition, not the subject. Uh, he says, better late than never, like all Mayweather's fights being five years too late, Canelo versus Triple G has a chance for boxing to get it right. But should Can Canelo continue to follow Mayweather's A-side formula, like picking the venue, the ring size, Triple G's gloves, shoes, weights, weigh-in times, etc., the fight versus Triple G should be promoted as boxing mania. Um, great email from Coach. And, Why you know, I, assuming that the uh, the contracts are like both sides have claimed, Sal, that they're signed, sealed, and delivered, we don't know what the particulars are. But, um, but I would think that, you know, Canelo's argument is he's the big draw, uh, but Triple G's argument is he's the undisputed, I mean, for all intent and purposes, the undisputed uh, world middleweight champion. I mean, Billy Joe Saunders has one of the belts, but I don't think there's a person on the planet aside from Billy Joe Saunders and his parents uh, who uh, even recognize him as a, as a champion. Uh, what's your thoughts on how you think this contract was? Do you think it was all favorable to uh, Canelo? No, I, I, I do not. I don't think it was all favorable to Canelo. I, I think that uh, once we get the details of the contract, you're going to see some trade-offs and uh, some bargaining chips that were utilized. And uh, I think it should be uh, split down the middle. I think that there's going to be a, uh, 
a pretty even distribution of favors or, or uh, not favors or of uh, desires that each fighter will have in their favor. I, I believe that. Uh, I got another uh, email. This one's from uh, your man, Raheem. He right. says, uh, good Raheem. morning, Billy C. It's Raheem. You know, these guys, same thing with Coach. You don't have to tell me who it is. I mean, I see who it is, you know, from the email, you know, but uh, it's funny. Anyway, he says, uh, these past two boxing. Now, now, for anybody that's new to this show, uh, Raheem sometimes really uh, gets me going, all right? Uh, he's a young boxing fan, and we love Raheem because he's he's loyal. He watches this show a lot, but he's the exact product of, of what has happened uh, to the fans and how the fans perceive things. Thank God for Raheem's father, who keeps him in check sometimes uh, and, uh, you know, is the voice of reason to uh, young Raheem. But Raheem says, these past two boxing weekends were great. I was wrong about Chavez. So was I, Raheem. I was with you with him. (laughs) So was I. So was Sal. He (laughs) says, uh, but picked uh, Joshua to win. I think boxing... Uh, right now is on top. Joshua versus Wilder and Triple G versus Canelo. And then he throws in. See, this is where, you know, right there, my man Raheem, you know, uh, you said two really good statements. You know, uh, Joshua versus uh, uh, Wilder and uh, uh, Triple G against Canelo. And then he has to throw in this. Mayweather against Conor McGregor uh, are all going to be great fights. He says, uh, my main battle I want to see uh, is uh, Wilder against Joshua. Wilder has the best belt in boxing, the WBC, and Joshua has the minor belt, IF, uh, IBF. Uh, let me finish before I respond. I think if Wilder versus Joshua happens, it could break 5 million buys to beat Mayweather and Pacquiao, but Mayweather and McGregor could even break any record for pay-per-views. I want to see all these fights, and I hope they happen. Um, first and foremost, uh, let's get something straight here. Um, Deontay Wilder, and thanks for the email, uh, Raheem. Deontay Wilder has the WBC belt. However, um, you know, to say that the IBF is a minor belt, no. We, we, we look at the four major sanctioning bodies. We, we look at the WBC, uh, the IBF, the WBA, and WBAO as the four major sanctioning bodies. So someone holding those belts technically uh, are a world champion, even though... Uh, some of the guys that currently hold uh, belts and, and one or more of those may not be the greatest of their division. And I actually like the IBO too. So when people ask me, I say I look at the top five, which are uh, IBO, uh, IBF, WBC, WBA, WBO. Uh, with that said, just because Deontay Wilder happens to have the WBC, which um, could arguably be the most coveted uh, world championship belt of all, um, does not make him the best fighter. Uh, as far as Deontay, as far as Anthony Joshua is concerned, yes, he's got the IBF, but he also has the WBA super uh, heavyweight title or the heavyweight super title or however they call it, and he's got the IBO uh, heavyweight title. So technically, he's a uh, unified world heavyweight champion unlike any of the others uh, because the other champion uh, is uh, Deontay Wilder, the WBC the WBO champion is Joseph Parker, and the regular WBA heavyweight title is vacant. And uh, the fight that everybody's waiting for, laugh, laugh, is, uh, you know, uh, uh, Shannon Briggs against uh, Fred Zaquendo. 
so with that said, I agree with uh, Raheem here, Sal. I, I can't wait for uh, Deontay Wilder against Anthony Joshua. But I will say this. Don't hold your breath because Deontay Wilder is not going to fight um, him. He's not going to fight Deontay Wilder. Now, according to the WBC, the WBC, uh, I'm sorry, according to the WBA, the WBA has uh, reached out and said that they would be willing to let uh, his mandatory, which uh, is coming, uh, he's supposed to fight the winner uh, of, uh, of Frezzaquendo, and the IBF uh, also had a mandatory fight set for Anthony Joshua, and they both have agreed that if Deontay Wilder was willing to step in the ring and fight uh, Anthony Joshua, they would all let it happen, that the IBC and the WBA would have no trouble with it. I think that that's the proof we need to show that Deontay Wilder's team, now whether it's Deontay or not, Sal, his team certainly isn't going to go for that because they'll throw him another cupcake. What do you think? I think I think you're right. I think uh, that's a scenario that I, I could see them looking at right now. And, yeah, I think you're pretty pretty much right on. They should make that fight. You know, it's so funny because uh, Sunday uh, I was at the, the pizzeria, of course, and we were busy, and we had a gentleman who was a real big fight fan, and he saw the fight. Uh, that we witnessed uh, the sleep fest, the snooze fest for uh, Canelo and Chavez, and uh, we commented on it. And then he threw me a left hook. I blocked it. Uh, he said that... Uh... <laughs> Actually, I blocked it with this hand. <laughs> <laughs> the right was there. Anyway, so... The microphone's here. I couldn't just... Yeah, yeah. Just finish your story. I mean, it, you're dragging this one on, my man. I mean, come uh, on. We only got two me, hours. He said, he said to me, he said, and he can't wait to see the Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder heavyweight championship bout. And he went on, and I, I'm, I'm following his whole progress here of, of where his progression of where he's going and what the end result and the final sentence is going to be. And he says, because once and for all, the world is going to see that Deontay Wilder is going to expose uh, uh, Joshua as a as a fake. Or uh, I said, what? Uh, or that he's not as talented as he as everyone thinks he is. Deontay Wilder is going to knock him out. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Let me let me rewind that. <laughs> you know, I couldn't believe it. And then we started debating it and uh, talking about it. And uh, sure enough, uh, you know, he, he did come up with some decent points. Uh, so when you look at a Deontay Wilder fan, uh, passionate, uh, they're going to believe that uh, their guy is going to beat Anthony Joshua and knock him out. Yeah, well, his only chance of beating Anthony Joshua is knocking him out. I, I, the, the truth of the matter is, is you know I I think that Klitschko destroys Deontay Wilder, um, and I don't yeah. think that Deontay Wilder hits any harder than Klitschko, and he certainly doesn't deliver his punches uh, any better than Klitschko. As a matter of fact, he delivers them kind of awkwardly, don't you think? Yeah, he does. He does, and uh, I think uh, you know I think that fight. Uh, I hope it happens. It would be an interesting fight. Yeah. That's something. I thought you were going to say Raheem was also going to talk about a fight that he was looking forward to. I was hoping you'd pull out the Andre ward Sergey Kovala rematch. No, we're going to talk about that in a second. But uh, to finish Raheem's email, yes. uh, as far as the uh, uh, Triple G and, and Canelo fight, I, I do think that uh, that's going to be a competitive fight. And as far as uh, Mayweather-McGregor, listen, 
as an exhibition, I'll be the first to pay and buy it uh, because, uh, like most uh, UFC fans, uh, not that I'm a big UFC fan, but I I would be rooting for the for the upset of the century, you know. Um, but my hang up with that fight, like I've always said, is I don't want it to count as a professional boxing match for Floyd because it's an easy fight for Floyd. Listen, it's no secret that I'm not a fan of Floyd Mayweather. I just I, I think that he's a smart businessman. I think that he is, you know, maneuvered himself to where he is undefeated and, and got lots and lots of money. As a matter of fact, I would love to collect just the change in his couches. You know, I'd probably be a millionaire uh, or, or maybe sell some of his sneakers that he only wears once at a time or even get, take one of his cars. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, so from a business perspective, you know, Floyd is uh, tops, but uh there's no way in hell that they should allow any sanctioning body or uh, any commission should allow a pro debut fighter because, after all, that's what Conor McGregor is. And somebody was telling me yesterday, uh, some some person I met, he's going, oh, well, Conor McGregor, his background is all boxing. I go, what? I said, what are you talking about? I said, what are you talking about? The guy, I, I said, have you ever seen this guy fight? I mean, uh, Floyd will pick him apart. It will not be competitive. And for all the UFC fighters that think, uh, if UFC fans that think Connor will will cut the ring off and and get uh, Floyd in 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 a, in a corner and work him over and all this, forget about it. Forget about it. You know, if if Marcus Madonna couldn't do it, and you know, even 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 Andre Berto, who's who's primitive at best, you know, is a guy that likes to bully his opponents, and they they couldn't do it. You know, so no, Connor McGregor's not gonna uh, do anything. It's not gonna be a competitive fight as an exhibition. I'm all for it. As a fight that counts as 50th, Floyd's 50th win, that's not fair. It's it's a bogus win, and it's a scam. And if you guys fall for that, you ain't to show up as tools in the shit. Uh, so uh, that's that. Thank you for the uh, email, Raheem. And next time I'm going to give you Sal's uh, personal uh, email address so you can uh, email Sal. As a matter of fact, I'll give you a cell phone number too. What do you think <laughs> about that, Sal? <laughs> Hey, why not? I like to talk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, uh, we're at that time again. We got to take another break. I got, uh, let's see, what do we got? We got uh, one, two, three more emails. I got some more boxing news to talk about. Uh, we got a lot of stuff, man. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We didn't even touch on Tyson Fury yet, which I promised we were going to talk about yesterday, today. But, you know, hey, uh, we're having some fun today with the emails. So uh, without further ado, uh, let's take uh, a short break. And uh, we'll be back, uh, I don't know, what, what do you think? I think two minutes, I'm going to get a refill of coffee. Yeah, I think we're going to be back in two minutes too. We'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Have you heard? Proactive Plus is faster and better than ever. Stay tuned for a million bottle giveaway and you'll also receive free shipping. Do you have troubled skin, acne? Well, we have great news. With Proactive Plus, your acne can heal and you can help prevent new breakouts from happening. Don't miss this limited time offer. Give us a call at 800-567-0214 because we're gonna let a million people try Proactive Plus risk-free and get two free gifts and also receive free shipping when you call right now. You heard it, this offer won't last long. So call Proactive Plus now and you'll receive a 60-day risk-free trial of Proactive Plus, two free extras and free shipping. Call 800-567-0214. This is our exclusive radio offer, never on TV. 
Get your risk-free 60-day trial of Proactive Plus with free shipping. That's right, free shipping. Don't wait. Call 800-567-0214. That's 800-567-0214. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy's Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us today. And uh, I'm here with my man, uh, Sal Rocky uh, Senecola. And Sal, I got uh, another email. Uh, and this one's from uh, your man, Joel. Uh, Joel. He says, uh, right, hey, buddy. Billy C. Not sure if you and Sal were aware, uh, but I forgot to share with you that Mario Ronaldo has left the WWE as of last month. Two months ago, during the Northeast mid-March snowstorm we got, he never showed for a weekend televised wrestling show, and they blamed him for not showing because of the weather. But as weeks went by, he never came back. There was a rumor that another broadcasting guy named John Bradshaw, uh, John Bradshaw Layfield, uh, who has been with the WWE starting out as a wrestler back in 95, and so over 20 years he's with this company, was bullying Morio about his style of broadcasting. Uh, JBL, who has retired as a wrestler and is now a broadcaster himself, has a lot of pull in the company because of his close relationship with Vince McMahon. The rumor was Morel could not do anything about his bullying because no one would do anything about it because of Bradshaw and McMahon's close friendship. Bradshaw has been known to be a difficult guy to deal with over the years. Morel announced last month that he left the WWE, but saying it had nothing to do with Bradshaw. Take it for what it's worth. But it sounds like things went sour because Vince didn't like Morio's broadcasting style and would have his henchman, Bradshaw, get uh, get more get on Morio for it. Um, thanks for the email, Joel. I, I, I tell you what, Sal. I don't know about the WWE and uh, Morio Ronaldo's uh, relationship uh, with them, but I think he's the worst uh, boxing announcer ever to uh, don a headset and a mic because. He, all he does is yell and scream. He comes up with these stupid things that he thinks is funny. I, I think that he has ruined the Showtime. I mean, Showtime is ahead of the game with, uh, with their, uh, you know, fights. I mean, they, they've been putting on, the, you know, a, a plethora of fights, all different levels. I mean, I look at Showtime now, and, and I, you know, I always know I'm going to get something good. One of the fights are always going to be good. But then I got to listen to him, and 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 they match him up with a with two really good guys. I mean, Paulie Malignaggi. I know his voice drives you crazy and stuff, but he's a knowledgeable guy. Very and knowledgeable. Al Bernstein is is arguably the best boxing guy ever, you know, or at least one of the best. Mario Ronaldo is the worst, and I'm just shocked that Showtime has kept him this long. If if I'm anybody that has to do with Showtime, I kick him so far to the curb. And I wouldn't put a mic in his... I, the guy is terrible. What do you think? Well, I think maybe that's what Showtime kind of did with backhand, you know, just uh, slowly uh, force or work him out uh, in a way that he would uh, voluntarily leave. Who knows? Who knows what happens in that? I mean, the mechanics of uh, of those things up there. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, he's, he's dramatic. He's explicit. He's, he's a lot of things. And you could see there's maybe some... 
WWE or something or uh, whatever the heck uh, they want to call it <laughs> that that uh, carries over. I'm sorry, I'm not big on that. Nah, he's but, uh, listen. He's a, he's a cartoon he's character. He's good. He's a, he, he is. He is, and he's bigger than life. Uh, when he's on, you know his voice, and uh, you know he can't have uh, a voice or something upstage or, or try. You to know what? I'm ready to throw up. I'm ready to throw up with you. You know, okay. I, I I swear, I'm ready to throw up. You 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 know you're. you're <laughs> You got to run for office because you know. I, I mean, all all you're doing is you're you're dancing around the question. You know, you're 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 trying not to be negative. You know, you're you're being the anti Billy C. And, and let me tell you I'm something. Not being anti no, no, no. The anti. You know, the opposite of me. You know, I, and the truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is, Mario Ronaldo is the worst. He's the worst. I mean, we can't even sugarcoat it. The guy is terrible. He's terrible. You know, I mean, with, with his stupid sayings and his yelling and his screaming, actually cutting off uh, Al Bernstein. Even Al Bernstein sits there with his hands folded, and they, they give him the props. You know, they give him the, the first You know, he's terrible. And, and I'm not so sure he even knows the sport of boxing, to be honest with you, Sal. I think, he's, I think he practices how to say things, what to say, what to throw in his little analogies, and that's it. You know, his little stupid phrases. But he I don't even think he's a boxing guy. You know, I, I, I'd i love to punch him in his face, to be honest with you. <laughs> you said that. I didn't. Uh, well, I'll be ringside for that. You guys should challenge each other for a fight. I like that. I would I'll love it. Hey, that. I'm an old man. Hey. I, know I've, I know I probably got 15 years on him, but I still would love to kick the crap out I of him. I can train you, Bill. I can train you, man. I, I tell you, I, I'd be willing to do it. I, I can't stand him. He's ruined the sport. <laughs> he's ruined the sport. I, uh, well... I, listen, he hasn't ruined the sport, but what he's ruined for me is to listen to commentary. I, I don't even I don't even listen anymore unless I have to watch something that we're going to do a post fight show live. Now my choice is to DVR it and then get up at four in the morning and watch it so before I know any results. And I fast forward all his BS because I just I, I can't watch it anymore with him. He's he's that bad, and and I can't believe I'm the only one, Sal. I can't believe oh, I'm the not, only one. You're not. You're not. I, you know, you don't I, think Al, you don't think Al Bernstein might might roll his eyes inside, but he's being diplomatic about it, and you know, it almost like Sugar Ray Leonard was the night he was asked, "Hey, this reminds you of you and Tommy Hearns, doesn't it?" Yeah, right. Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the difference the difference with Al is, you know, basically they say, okay, uh, Al. How many zeros do we got to put on your check to have you just sit there with your hands folded? You know, I, the, listen, the bottom line is the powers that be at Showtime, they, I don't know, maybe maybe, uh, maybe Ro, R Ronaldo is, uh, you know, uh, performing uh, favors on these guys or something. I don't know. You know, I got to be careful what I say now because, you know, we're on uh, reputable networks here, but you guys know what I'm talking about. You know, uh, the old uh, Mono Lewinsky thing. You know, maybe, maybe uh, uh, you know, that's what uh, Rollo is, the Mario Ronaldo uh, is doing to the Showtime execs to keep him on, on the network. He's terrible. And, and I just can't believe that a, a quality group that produces such great uh, boxing events don't see what the majority of the people see. I, I know that there's some fans out there for him. But very few. Hey, drop me an email. What's your thoughts on Mario Vernalo? I I, I want to know because am I the only one? Am I being hard? I, 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 am I missing something? Is this guy good? Do you enjoy listening to this clown? Give me an email. Billy at Talking Boxing. T A L K I N B O X I N G dot com. Jeez, uh, they certainly know how to get me going, huh, Sal? I mean, uh, say, well, hey, I love the fire, Bill. I love the passion. That's 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 a you know believability right there. 
Oh God. Anyway, I got another email. Uh, this one's this, this one is from uh, this one's from my man Gilif. Uh, he says, uh, hey, Billy C., glad to see you're showing, your show is going from strength to strength. You guys deserve it after all these years. Thank you very much. He says, I just wanted to ask you something about Anthony Joshua. There we go. Finally, a, a topic I love talking about. Uh, he says, as you know, I'm from the U.K., and I've supported Joshua for a few years now, and I've been watching him extremely closely. Uh, it's one question mark that people raise quite often, haters on the internet, but I would l really like your take on this. A few people keep popping up with Anthony Joshua's on steroids, he's on PEDs, etc. I myself have looked into this the best I can, as I wanted to know for myself, and this is my take on it. He says, first, a few people comment on AJ's midsection, saying he's uh, has a protruding gut, which may be down to uh, HGH, uh, however, due to HDH, uh, however, uh, there are some important points to note before people jump to conclusions. Frank Bruno had the exact same gut and, in fact, still does in recent footage I've seen uh, where he's been sparring. I've also seen UCM Bolt with the same gut. I refer listeners again to YouTube where they can see for himself. But in Bolt's case, this is due to a curvature of the spine as I believe is the case in these other two athletes. It's very possible AJ's extended gut is down to genetics. Secondly, AJ's, mass, uh, AJ's muscle mass. I've been involved with uh, myself with bodybuilding and training most of my life. He says I'm now in my mid-40s, and I believe that AJ's physique is possible to achieve naturally, especially in a six-foot-six guy who is already very well built. Furthermore, if you look back at the 2012 Olympics, AJ was huge with a massive, necks, uh, massive neck, traps, and biceps, and we all know uh, Olympic testing is extremely stingent. Uh, he says, uh, I'm not saying I know for sure perhaps, perhaps he is taking something, but people should be very cautious before jumping to conclusions when a guy like AJ comes along. They must do their research first. What's your thoughts, Billy C? Thanks for the email. Um, you know, first and foremost, it seems to be a scapegoat today, Sal. With anybody that does well, the first thing that they uh, want to do is accuse them of performance-enhancing drugs. Uh, to uh, to help them do it. You know, a lot of times the guys that are pointing fingers uh, are the ones that are taking them. You know, uh, so what? Manny Pacquiao had muscles on his eyelids. So what? That doesn't mean he's uh, taking <laughs> No, but but the truth of the matter, the truth of the matter, so what? Manny Pacquiao's head became the, the size of a, you know, cement block. I mean, who, 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 when, that when doesn't accuse it. Yeah, you know, it, it's, too bad his eyebrows had muscles like Popeye, you know? I mean, so what? You know, that, that doesn't say anything. But, I mean, a guy like uh, Floyd Mayweather, who's the first guy to say, I'm clean, I'm clean, I'm clean, who allows to get IVs uh, before fights and all this stuff. I mean, there's a guy I would really look into, honestly. Um, but, uh, hey, listen, if you test positive, uh, you, uh, you fail. I mean, uh, that's the end of that. Uh, Anthony Joshua has been tested many, many times. Uh, I don't know if he's on performance-enhancing drugs. I purposely stay away from uh, knowing that. But I will point people to an athlete from the past. And this was an athlete that was around during... Uh, the steroid use when it really uh, started uh, popping up in uh, uh, national football and uh, the National Football League and, and of course, baseball. But um, Herschel Walker was a, uh, if you don't know who Herschel Walker was, I mean, he, he won the Heisman Trophy. He played for Georgia. Uh, he uh, uh, was a, a superstar. He played uh, uh, for the New Jersey Generals in the USFL, which I had season tickets to. Uh, he uh, then played for, for the Cowboys. 
Uh, and, you know, th this guy was a, a, a specimen. His physique was a specimen, an Adonis. And, um, you know, he ended up uh, fighting MMA as well. Now, he built his body 100% uh, on calisthenics, Sal. No weights, no nothing. If you've ever seen some uh, photos of him, he was chiseled. And you can go back in time and look at guys like Ron Lyle, who was chiseled. Uh, you know, uh, even Ernie Chavis, chiseled. I mean, these guys did not take steroids. And they were yeah. big, muscular guys. Um, now, a lot of people accused Anthony Joshua of being on something because of his recovery powers uh, in his fight against Klitschko. Uh, listen, you know, I'm sure they took many, many tests. I'm sure they were tested prior to. I think that Gilif makes a great point about the uh, Olympics and their stringent testing. Um, I, listen, until facts are out, and I mean facts, proof, not, not people just saying it. I mean proof. I'm going to stick with I think he's legit. Uh, I think he's the best thing for the sport of boxing right now. And I love Anthony Joshua. What's your thoughts? I think you're right in this sense. And I'll tell you what. You could go. I, I, I always, always uh, worked out, trained. Uh, had, I knew how to count my calories. Uh, used to utilize carbohydrates for energy. Uh, even fat for for energy uh, over a long period of time, and um, so you, you had a balanced diet. You can go to any GNC, uh, which is a health food store. I don't mean to plug them, but uh, any good health food store, and you could ask, I guess, uh, for for the manager or somebody that may know, and uh, or you could find out for yourself, and you could find out supplements that are. That are legal, that are natural, that uh, that the health food stores would sell, and they would help either put on some muscle mass. It's high calorie. It's a uh, uh, protein, and you know they, they're either shakes or candy bars or everyday things. There's ergogenic aids that help uh, endurance and everything else. That's legal. That's natural, uh, naturally occurring. So, including caffeine, which which I drink plenty of, and uh, so you you have a lot. Of natural resources that one could utilize to maybe uh, help their performance that's not going to be considered any kind of drug and uh, with the drug testing they do and the strict strict rules they have you know it's 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 hard to get by with that well you know truthfully a cheetah is a cheetah is a cheetah a cheetah you know? especially if they're not a lion and <laughs> Cheetah's a cheetah, unless they're a cat, you know, unless they're, unless they're a domestic cat or a bobcat, you know. But uh, but anyway, no, not that kind of cheetah, Sal. But the truth of the matter is, is a a, uh, a cheater, as in not doing things by the books, not a cheetah, as in Cheetos cheetah. Um, but the uh, but the truth of the matter is, a cheetah's a cheetah's a cheetah. Hey, listen, if you if you got spots. And you walk like a cheetah, and you look like a cheetah, and you eat Cheetos, then you're a cheetah, Sal. I mean, I, I mean, come on, you know, I mean, a cheetah's a cheetah, right? Yeah, and they're not a lion. <laughs> he ain't lying. He ain't lying. No, he a cheetah. Oh, oh, that's right, that's right. But, uh, but, but the truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is, is that guys, especially with steroids. Again, I am not a steroid uh, uh, expert, and I choose not to be. I don't even <laughs> play one on TV or the radio, and I don't even stay at Holiday Inn Express and be a steroid ex expert. But I will say this, that these guys, uh, especially the uh, experts uh, on it, are uh, guys that know how to beat the system, or at least they try. You know. Now, remember, 
they have the banned substance list. And the way PEDs are, are created today is you, you could have a variation of a performance-enhancing drug that's on the banned substance list. You make a variation that's not on it, and then you're not illegal, right? You know, the only way that you're illegal is if they test you for something that's on the list. Now, if they discover a new one and they add it to the list, well, you got to be up on the latest list. That's all. Make sure you have the right version before you go cheating. But anyway... Um, we got another email. This one's uh, from my man. Uh, this is actually the last one. Uh, we had a lot of emails today. And don't we forget, did. if you take the time to uh, email us, we'll take the time to read it. This one's from uh, my man, uh, uh, Sean. He says, uh, hey, Billy C., this is Sean from Jersey. Uh, Jersey. He's a, it's a mind of your own right, heart, Sean, man of your own see. heart. He said, I wanted to know if you heard about uh, Andre Ward skipping out on the HBO face-off with uh, Max Kellerman. Main events put uh, that out on social media that he skipped out. Uh, with pay-per-view sales being over only 170000 for their first fight, wouldn't it have been wise for him to show up and promote this fight? Uh, but what uh, are you and Sal's thoughts on this diva lack of promotion? For, first and foremost, my man uh, uh, Chip uh, sent me... Uh, an email and uh, he was talking about the same thing uh you know just <laughs> even though uh, i read the one that said between you and me and that one didn't um thanks for the email uh you know the truth of the matter is is that i believe when fighters are um you know scheduled to fight each other their obligation to a promoter is to help promote the fight uh, and, and I've always said, you know, Andre Ward is diva number one. He's the biggest diva in the sport of boxing. My top three, the Billy C top three diva list uh, is uh, as follows. Uh, Andre Ward, by far, number one. Nobody even comes close to him anymore. Uh, Miguel Cotto uh, sits at number two. And, and even I might have to reconsider that because he's been so inactive. Uh, maybe he's not even relevant anymore. Uh, but uh, and number three has to be Canelo. Canelo's become a diva. Now, the difference between Canelo and Cotto divaisms is that they draw. They sell. Miguel Cotto fills up Madison Square Garden. You know, uh, Canelo Alvarez fills up every arena he goes to, no matter where it is. He does well on pay-per-view numbers. These guys draw. Andre Ward can't draw flies to a garbage convention. This guy is a joke when it comes to drawing power. You know, I, he, he just doesn't back it up. His argument would be, oh, well, the numbers were bad because of Kovalev. Uh, no way. The numbers were bad because no one even know. Listen, unless you're a diehard boxing fan, you don't even know who Andre Ward is. That's because he never fights out. He doesn't even sell out places in Oakland, Sal. I mean, what's your thoughts on this? No, well, it's exactly. You know what? You have an obligation. You said it best to the promoter. I mean, you know, here he is. They're going to pay you this kind of money. You've got to promote this fight. You've got to build it up. I think having a, a talk show or having a round table discussion about it or uh, whatever venue you have an opportunity to speak well of it or to promote it and to uh, get some people excited about it. Yeah, I think it's it's part of the natural progression progression in the fight game. You know, you, you're on that level. Now let's help sell tickets and get everybody's interest in it. That's my feelings and my thoughts. Yeah, well, you know what? I mean, uh, the truth of the matter is, is that uh, you know, D uh, Diva Ward just thinks he's above everything, you know, and he's not. And I, you know, he got a gift decision. I'm just glad that he's manning up and is fighting in the in the rematch, you know, because uh, I really had my uh, doubts about that, Sal. I I, I didn't think that. Uh, 
uh, he would fight. And, and that's actually next the next big fight we have coming up is, uh, is Andre Ward against uh, Kovalev, the rematch. Uh, it's called No Excuses, and uh, it's going to be a, a pay-per-view. And I, I personally think that uh, Kovalev needs to just seek and destroy uh, Andre Ward. He needs to show no respect. Andre Ward thinks that he's got this punching power now. You know, it's funny. You know, when these fighters all of a sudden think they got punching power, it's like, it's like a base in baseball when you got a guy who's uh, known as a contact hitter who can get to uh, base, you know, get on base, and he's got a big uh, on-base percentage. All of a sudden, he, he cracks a home run. Next thing you know, you start to see him swinging for the fences all the time like he's become this home run hitter, a guy that comes to mind right away for me, uh, especially being a disgruntled Met fan, is uh, Jose Reyes. Uh, you know, he popped a couple of homers, and now, you know, he's, he's trying to hit everything over the fence when what made him uh, – uh, a decent hitter several years back was uh, his contact hitting. And, and, you know, Andre Ward can win fights by landing punches and getting out of harm's way, even though it's not an exciting fight. Uh, but instead, he, he, now he thinks he's got this punching power and, uh, you know, he, he stands there and tries to uh, hurt his opponent. I don't think he can hurt Kovalev uh, unless he jumps on him early. And I, I think Kovalev needs to come after uh, Andre Ward with zero respect and go for the kill. I, I don't know what he was thinking in his last fight, but I think he gave Andre Ward too much respect. He can't do that this time. What do you think? I well, when I watched that fight, I, I didn't think it would. I didn't think Andre Ward would make it to the fifth round. You know, he was dropped early, and uh, Kovalev came out there just dominant and put the pressure. And all of a sudden, he took his foot off the gas, and uh, and that was it. And Andre Ward came back to his credit. Andre Ward. Uh, came back and and made it a lot closer than it had to be. I still give uh, uh, Sergey Kovalev uh, a victory there, and uh, I did not think uh, uh, Andre Ward came back that much to get the uh, to get the victory. But it is what it is. This next fight coming up, this rematch, yes, Kovalev's got to go out there and he's got to go out there like he's the champ, like he's the boss, and he's got to be dominant, and he can't take his foot off the pedal. He's got to seek, and he's got to destroy if he's going to want to come out the victor, because otherwise, he's going to come out Sergey Kovalev. Yeah, I listen, you know, everybody talks about robberies and robberies. Fights are not robberies if they're close, and yeah. the honest truth of Kovalev Ward 1 was that it was an extremely close fight. I am with you, Sal. I scored the fight for Kovalev, and if I recall correctly, I had to fight six rounds apiece, but the knockdown was the difference on my scorecard. Knockdown's a big difference, 10-8 you know. round, and it was dominant, and he did it, and, you know, I, I think I had it, I think I had, a, I had it close, but I did have him winning by those couple of points. Yeah, I, you know, but then again, you blame Kovalev. I mean, you know, he had the mm -hmm. chance to attack Ward, chance. and, he, and he, took his, his, he took his foot off the gas pedal, but... Uh, Anyway, a couple other things uh, I wanted to... Thanks for all the emails, by the way. <clears throat> and like Great. I said, if you take the time to uh, drop us an email, we'll certainly take the time to read it and comment on it. Um, the, uh, apparently, the EBU, uh, the European Boxing Union, has uh, ordered uh, Dillian White, who's got a record of 20 wins, one loss, and uh, 15 of his Ws coming by a knockout. His only loss, by the way, uh, came at the hands of Anthony Joshua. Uh, they have him uh, as they've labeled him as the mandatory challenger for the European heavyweight champion, uh, Ajit uh, KBL, uh, who's uh, undefeated at 16 and 0 with only two knockouts. Um, apparently, um, you know, it looks like 
uh, KBL uh, is going to uh, dispute uh, and try to get out of this mandatory uh, defense of his title against Dillian White. Um, you know, Dillian White, uh, his uh, last fight was against Derek Chisora, which was uh, took place in December, and that was a pretty entertaining fight uh, from uh, both guys. Derek Chisora is more of a, a brawler, and uh, Dillian White was a guy that, uh, he's a brawler too. I mean, he's got some time to, uh, to you know, get better. Um, but uh, this seems like a move by the UB, uh, EBU to, uh, uh, you know, give Dillian White a, a, a belt because uh, uh, no disrespect to uh, KBL, but, you know, he's definitely not, in my opinion, not as good as Dillian White, and he certainly doesn't have the power. I mean, uh, uh, Derek Chisori, you could say what you want about his uh, lack of technical abilities, but he does possess some pop when he wants to, and uh, Dillian White survived uh, 12 with him, so... Um, it'll be interesting to see what unfolds uh, on that night. And, and the same night, uh, which is scheduled for June 24th, tentatively right now, um, Robert Stiglitz, uh, who uh, you know is a former world champion, he's going to be uh, fighting uh, Dominic Baselli, uh, who's an undefeated uh, Italian fighter. Uh, who uh, um, That ought to be an interesting fight, uh, Baselli against... Uh, uh, Stiglitz. I think Pacelli's Italian. That. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure he's Italian. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, you, you've heard of those Italians. They're a bunch of crybabies. I heard that Sal Rocky Senecola is a big crybaby. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, you sound like uh, Burgess Meredith as a penguin there. But uh, <laughs> you need a manager. Yeah, no, no, that's that's him as something else. But uh, he was oh, the that's penguin. Him. Yeah, that's him. But. Uh, I wanted to say this uh, before we uh, actually we're going to take a break and then we'll we'll talk about it real quick. Um, but uh, I, I'll say it. I got a minute to talk about it right now. Evander Holyfield it was announced today that Evander Holyfield uh, is starting a boxing promotional company. But I'm not so sure exactly what his role is going to be. Apparently, there's a new uh, um, promotional company that was launched called Real Deal Sports and Entertainment, uh, and the CEO is uh, none other than Sal Munamishi, who's uh, the president of Final Forum. Um, I've worked with Sal, uh, not Sal Rocky Senecola, but Sal Munamishi. And uh, let's just say he's done some crazy things. Uh, and um, he's greedy. Let, let me just say that. He's a, he's a greedy guy. So I'm thinking that he's using Holyfield's name. Holyfield's going to get a kickback, but really this is just an advancement of Final Forum. Uh, he's also named uh, former uh, New, New York State Athletic Commissioner executive uh, Eric Bentley. Now, Eric Bentley was a guy that fell into the executive position uh, by virtue of uh, them firing uh, the previous guy and uh, Dave Berlin, who was good for New York State. And Bentley, prior to that, was the medical kid. He's a kid. He doesn't know a left hook from a fish hook. And when they cleaned up the New York State Athletic Commission recently, he lost his job. Uh, and he is apparently related to Sal uh, Munamisi of Final Forum. So, you know, next thing he's got. It. So I, I'm, I'm, th- this whole promotional company for Holyfield stinks. It, I mean, and, and by the way, I met Sal many times. Uh, he always uh, wanted, to, you know, to make tons of money for doing nothing. But. Uh, he's already taken his fighters that he's got signed. Uh, Jason uh, Minda and a middleweight. Uh, Devon Lee, who's also a middleweight. Uh, Peter Dobson, who's a uh, welterweight. And uh, Jeremy Nichols, who's another welterweight. 
uh, all our prospects, and then, of course, the veteran heavyweight, Derek Rossi, have already all moved over to this new promotional uh, team. Uh, don't expect it to you know, rise. Expect it to be similar to when Mike Tyson became a promoter. Uh, you'll see some, uh, you know, uh, ring, ring, uh, center of the ring shots of uh, Evander, and then, uh, you know, he'll lose interest, and that's that. But uh, uh, another promotional company, that's just what we need, right, Sal? I was going to say, boy, that's just what we need now. I'll tell you. And they're going to be out of Georgia, I would assume. Well, the truth of the matter, the truth of the well, no, we got, we got a better team out of Georgia. But the truth of the matter is, is uh, I'm wondering how they're going to, uh, how they're going to perform. Uh, obviously, Sal uh, pr is prominent in New York. Uh, he mm -hmm. does. He has done things in Florida as well. Um, but uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, Holyfield isn't exactly rolling in the dough. But uh, no. uh, neither was Mike Tyson. But hey, listen, let's take a short break. And we got some more news uh, like uh, uh, James Tony's fight this weekend. I know everybody's on the edge of their seat for that. And Tyson Fury's return. Uh, we will uh, be talking about that uh, in about two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back. And we're back. You're listening to the Billy C Show. Glad uh, to be part of your morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever you're watching or listening. Don't forget about Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located in St. Simons Island. Check out the website, www com. I'll give my man a call 912-268-2328 912-268-2328 ask for Heather tell her Billy C sent you she loves to hear that oh yeah she does you know but uh, anyway I'm with the man the myth the legend himself right now Sal Rocky Senecola and uh, Sal this weekend uh, you know the other day I think Joel sent us an email uh, about James Tony and him fighting uh, Mike Shepard a guy that I know uh personally and is is a tough uh, beer drinking guy <laughs> and i told the story of uh, how he won uh a title um fighting for us uh beat uh, china smith and uh, knocked him out decisively as a matter of fact and um well the bottom line is that he was uh drinking a six-pack of beer at the poolside the night before i mean that's the kind of guy he is but uh he's fighting james tony this weekend and uh, it was announced that this was going to be the final fight for James Tony, no matter whether he wins, whether he loses, whether the fight ends up in a draw or whatever. And, and I just wanted to, to mention a couple of things about uh, James Tony right now. First and foremost, he's uh, a, a guy that's 48 years old, uh, former uh, uh, middleweight and uh, super middleweight champion. He's fought all the way up to heavyweight and everything else. This is a throwback fighter. Um, James yeah. Tony. Uh, uh, has uh, a career record of 76 wins, something that you just don't hear about anymore. No. 46 coming by knockout, which puts him over the 50% uh, KO ratio, 51 as a matter of fact. He's lost 10 times in which he was never stopped. Uh, James Tony has never been stopped uh, in uh, uh, all 91 fights that he's been in. Uh, wow. 682 rounds. Uh, so Jeez. this is a guy that uh, 
you know, has these throwback numbers. He's clearly going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's got nothing else oh, yeah. uh, left to prove. He's coming off of his last two fights as losses. Uh, in 2015, he lost to Charles Ellis, a, 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 a unanimous 10-round uh, decision. And in 2013, he lost to the biggest joke of boxing, Jason Gavron, in a, a prize fighter tournament. Uh, and it was a majority decision that uh, the judges gave to Jason Gavron, which uh, just makes me uh, sick. Um, but prior to that, that year, um, you know, he had fought uh, a couple other fighters in that uh, tournament. But that same year, prior to the prize fighter tournament, um, he fought Lucas Brown, former WBA uh, world heavyweight champion, before they uh, found out that he was a steroid user. And uh, went 12 rounds with Lucas Brown, who's a legitimate big heavyweight. Uh, he also uh, beat Bobby Gunn in 20, 2012 uh, when Bobby Gunn couldn't continue anymore. Now, if you recall that name, Bobby Gunn, he was the guy who fought Roy Jones Jr. last. So, I mean, you know, he beat Freza Quendo, who's a, a heavyweight fighting uh um, Shannon Briggs for the vacant WBA title. Uh, he uh, fought Haseem Rahman. He beat Danny Batchelder, who was uh, a guy that I had fight on uh, some of my cards as a middleweight. He's now fighting as a heavyweight. Samuel Petery fought. I mean, if you look through this guy's record, uh, you will see that he has fought everyone. Uh, yes. And uh, also, you know, um, Jackie Callen, uh, the beautiful uh, Jackie Callen, who's uh, uh, known for you know being a, a boxing manager, she started, and basically, her and James Tony were very successful together. They split ways a long time ago, uh, but uh, James Tony uh, clearly is is a throwback fighter. This is his farewell. He's in there once again fighting a, a, a tough guy. Um, I personally think that James Tony's uh, boxing ability and um, you know uh, ring smarts is is going to carry him in this fight. And he may even go out with a knockout win. I mean, uh, Mike Shepard uh, is a guy that comes at you and, and gives it his all. Uh, so he might get caught. So uh, what's your thoughts on James Toney uh, packing it in and doing his farewell dance at 48, uh, <laughs> fighting uh, in the heavyweight division, a, a guy that started out as a middleweight? I know. I couldn't believe it because I remember seeing him fight as a middleweight. And that uh, was a long time ago. And, you know, he's had a stellar career. He's a, he's a fighter. He's a throwback. He's, he's a competitor. And uh, if this is his goodbye, farewell, and send off, uh, you know, I give him all the credit in the world because I know you. It's hard to get closure when uh, when the when a book is still open. Well, that's a book. What you need to a buy book. a book? Hey, I got a book for you. It's Tom Molino from Bondage to Bondage. What a great segue. I mean, you can get a copy of my book by visiting Amazon.com or Bonds or Noble. Hey, thanks for the plug there, Sal. You know, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, James Tony. Uh, uh, is a guy that uh, let him go out of the way. Last time I saw him uh, was uh, up at the Turning Stone. He was doing some uh, cross promotion, and uh, uh, I was busting his chops, and uh, he was busting mine right back. I mean, he's he's a funny guy and uh, no nonsense. And uh, you can always tell when James Tony's around uh, at a boxing match. He's usually a, a pretty snazzy dresser, and like uh, James Buddy McGirt, He's usually got a nice big stogie cigar hanging out of his mouth, uh, whether it's lit or not. But James Tony uh, uh, can be nasty. He can be uh, like a uh, you know a Vander Holyfield or or a uh, uh, another. Uh, who's the guy we had down at your place? Um, uh, the heavyweight. He's nasty. He 
Anyway, he started a, he started a fight with one of you. I know, I know, I know. What I was his name again? Oh, yeah, um, I don't want him because he might be coming back soon. Oh, oh, oh. Well, uh, by the way, you know he's a chef. He's a he's a culinary chef. Oh yeah, yeah. Why can't I think of his name? Uh, the first lefty uh, champion. Um, come on, tell me who it is. You can't think of it either. No, I, I, I Michael Moore. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I couldn't think of his name. That's how much oh. of an impact he made. Yeah, uh, he's great. On, Michael Moore is a great guy. Love yeah, Michael yeah. He Moore. could he can knock out anybody that's not a pro boxer. I mean, he's a no, tough he, guy. Michael Moore is a great guy. He uh, and you know what? He's a he is a culinary chef. The guy can cook. I was almost going to put him in my kitchen just to taste some of the food he prepares. I hear this guy can cook like you wouldn't believe. Well, as long as he, as long as you don't give him any beers to drink first, I mean, yeah. he's uh, he's all right. But let me tell you, when I first met him, it was I was doing a fight in Arkansas, and yeah. uh, he was uh, uh, he was there, and we, we had this. Uh, it was it was just a, a local card, and uh, uh, I I used to do some promoting in Arkansas, and and uh, uh, Michael Morrow had a had a fighter there, and he can. He was the, na- the the only person that I ever met that was nastier than Michael Mora was Evander Holyfield. And Evander Holyfield was just not a people person at all. I was surprised to see him yucking it up with Lennox Lewis uh, at ringside at the uh, Anthony Joshua fight a couple weeks ago, uh, which is a good segue uh, for me to uh, talk about this. Uh, Tyson Fury uh, coming back, at least according to Frank Warren, July 8th. Now, Tyson Fury... Uh, has said now first and foremost uh they got to get uh uh around the uh further sanctioning from the UK athletic uh department because he uh tested positive for um drugs in 2016 and then he also uh has to get his license reinstated by the BBB of C um and the reason why they stripped him is uh not only because of the banned substance but also that he had taken recreational drugs as well as um claiming that he had some mental disorders but uh assuming that they get past all those things frank warren has said that tyson fury will be returning to the ring july 8th now contrary to what uh tyson fury has said which may be an indication that he is still suffering some from some mental disorders that uh, he wants to fight Anthony Joshua right away and take his <laughs> get his titles back. Um, and, and a lot of people say that, well, you know, uh, he's good. You know, he he fought Klitschko much better than Anthony Joshua. And I say, WTF are you talking about? Because the truth of the matter is, is how can you say that he fought Klitschko better? He went the distance with Klitschko. He fought an erratic style that confused Klitschko. So I think that Klitschko fought better against Anthony Joshua. And uh, yes, Tyson Fury beat Klitschko, but he certainly didn't beat him as decisively as Anthony Joshua did. Um, I have always liked Tyson Fury, but I certainly don't think he stands a chance against Anthony Joshua. His chin is suspect. Uh, uh, Steve U.S. says Cunningham uh, staggered him. In their fight, um, I, you know, I, listen, Tyson Fury says he's ready for uh, for Anthony Joshua right now. Frank Warren, on the other hand, says he's scheduled to come back July 8th. And according to Frank Warren, and he said, I quote, uh, we will ideally have uh, Tyson fight a number of warm-up bouts before facing Anthony Joshua. He says, I honestly do believe that it will not be long before he gets his belts back. He's head and shoulders above all the other heavyweights. Um, but, uh, yes, he needs several warm-ups. What's your thoughts uh, on the return of Tyson Fury, Sal? 
Well, I think that Tyson Fury is a good fighter, and he's not my favorite. I'm not a big fan of his, and uh, I think that he, you know, we're going to see a lot of these fighters. I mean, when they when they disappear for whatever reason, uh, you know, you got to see how they come back. You got to see what their where their heads at, and and what they're doing as far as their dedication, their recommitting to the sport of boxing. Is it true? Is it just for a payday? Is it just their their name back in the press for a little bit. We got to see what kind of uh, shape this guy comes back and what he's going to do. Yelling out for and shouting out for, the, for Anthony Joshua right away? No. And I I would see Anthony Joshua knocking him out. And huh. uh, and uh, you know like I said, hey, you got that those big lunging arms and long reach and all that stuff. Anthony Joshua, he's smart enough. He moves. He's got his hands up. And I think he'd get inside there and, and break him up. And Anthony Joshua also has to go to school and learn a little bit more about his inside fighting and tying up opponents and, and all that other good stuff. Well, the truth but, of the matter is Tyson Fury, for a guy as big as he is, he doesn't have the power that... Uh, no. He, he doesn't even have the Deontay Wilder power or, or Klitschko power, and you no. would think a guy that big. But what he does do well is that he jabs. I think that uh, Anthony Joshua gets uh, uh, underneath that jab, works the body, and knocks out Tyson Fury. I mean, Tyson Fury will not go 12 rounds against Anthony Joshua. But uh, we'll see. I mean, uh, I'd rather see Anthony. Anthony Joshua has to fight Deontay Wilder. That's the next That's fight. The fight. That's the you know? fight. I don't even want to. I don't care about seeing right. seeing uh, uh, Tyson Fury. I really don't. Well, I want to see uh, Deontay fight. If he beats Anthony Joshua, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. You know, drinking Deontay Wilder Kool Aid. But I doubt that I'll he you, he, I, he won't he won't get past that fight. Won't go ten rounds. You know, so, uh, and, and I'll be surprised if uh, Deontay goes six with Anthony Joshua. But anyway, um, our trivia question. Oh, uh, yeah. And, uh, right. you know, I'm going to give you a shot at it. It's the same one, uh, so I so I'll give you a much. shot at it. But, but you know, Henry Haskup is, is uh, you know, a, a guy that generally, uh, and I've reached out to him to get us some more trivia questions. Uh, but this one has really got you guys stumped. I've been getting so many wrong answers. I mean, I'll give you some hints. The answer is not Sam me. Langford. Uh, it's not Emil Griffith. Uh, let's see. Who, what are some of the other names we got? Um, uh, listen, I haven't gotten a correct answer, but here's, the, here's the, the question. Which former world champion lost the most title fights? Which former world champion lost the most title fights? Uh, if you're the first one to email me this answer, Billy at Talking Boxing, that's T-A-L-K-I-N, boxing.com, uh, you'll win the prize, which uh, is your very own copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game, the same game that uh, Alex uh, does the simulations with during our Blast from the Past each week. So uh, uh, get this question. Uh, I'm going to start giving hints if we don't get the right answer tonight. Uh, which former world champion lost the most title fights? Uh, if you're the first one to email me, Billy at Talkin Boxing, T A L K I N B O X I N G dot com, with the correct answer, you win the prize. And as usual, we're going to see if Sal can spoil it and get it right. Sal, do you know which former world champion lost the most world title fights? Give me an answer, Sal. Um, Jack Dempsey? No, Sal, it's not Jack Dempsey. Um, so the Mike question Rick is Weaver. The, the, the question is still live For any of you to get it right uh, So uh, give us a call uh, On this day May 9th in boxing history In 1941 Billy Seuss 
uh, wins a 15-round decision over Ken Overland uh, to win the world middleweight title that took place at Madison Square Garden in New York City. On this day in 1930, young Jack Thompson uh, wins a 15-round decision over Jackie uh, Fields to win the world welterweight title. That took place in Detroit. Uh, on this day in 1970, Vincent Salvador wins a 15-round decision over uh, Johnny F uh, Famichon uh, to win the WBC World Featherweight title took place in Rome. Remember, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Uh, on this day in 1892, my man Coach was born. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I, that's a, I, I, uh, I misread that. On this day, May 9th in 1892, Billy Pilmer knocks out Tommy Kelly in the 10th round to win the World Bantamweight title, and that took place in Brooklyn. Uh, New York. On this day in 1908, Stanley Ketchell, one of the greatest middleweights of all time, knocks out Jack Twin Sullivan in the 20th round to win the vacant world middleweight title, and that took place in Colma, California, on this day in 1908. And finally, on this day, May 9th in 1992, Terry Norris knocks out Meldrick Taylor in the fourth round to retain his WBC World Junior Middleweight title. Uh, at the uh, Mirage Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Sal, that's what happened on this day in boxing history. Any final thoughts, my man? No, I'll tell you what. We covered it all. It was a good show, and uh, I appreciate uh, having the opportunity to uh, to talk. <laughs> well, listen, uh, I want everybody to uh, remember that tomorrow we're scheduled to have uh, our oh, yeah. uh, main man, uh, Boxing Hall of Famer, uh, Larry Hazard join us as well as doing our blast from the past with Alex Papali. Uh, tomorrow's blast will be on uh, former world champion and boxing hall of famer uh, Miguel Canto. Uh, so make sure you tune in uh, tomorrow. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby. <laughs> 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 <laughs>